Welcome in to the DNVR College Podcast presented by DraftKings. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I am joined by Justin Michael. Uh, and today we have some uh, some really fun stuff planned. Uh, first, we are going to talk about Jim Harbaugh's open letter that he wrote and suggested a whole bunch of changes to college football. We'll dig through all those. Um, and then in the second and third segments, we will be drafting our own teams based only on players from Colorado and Colorado State since 2000. The idea is we're just building the best college football team. We'll, make, we'll take turns making picks, um, and you guys can decide who did a better job afterward. Um, that's the plan for today. Uh, how's it going, Justin? I'm good, man. How you doing? How's, uh, how are you spending your days? You, you being productive lately, or are you being like me and just kind of blurring from day to day? I have been incredibly productive. Uh, woke up this morning, jumped in the bathtub, and fought on Twitter about Derrick Henry. Um, decided to take a bath because I realized that there was no time limit on my morning and uh, because I knew that meant I could bring my phone with. And so those are the types of decisions that I've been making. I mean, nothing too exciting. I don't exciting, even have really. a bathtub. I can't remember the last time I took a bath. I'm not like anti-bather any means, but it, it was anti-bather. Um, it was, uh, there are guys out there that are like, you know what I really, mean? Like, like taking a bath is feminine or something. I, I don't know. Honestly. And, and this is actually kind of gross that I'm living my life this way, but I just feel like physically dirty and like greasy just like constantly because I'm just like sitting here, which isn't what I expected. I thought that I'd feel like nice and clean. Cause like you wake up, you take a shower, but then when the whole day is like right now I'm at my desk later, I'll move over to the couch and then I'll go to bed. And it's just that cycle over and over. Like I need to get in the shower. I need to get clean. And then I need to like soak to like stay clean. I've realized like, I, I am surprised that it is this difficult. I mean, it is just kind of like an endless cycle of like, awkward dampness that's how i describe because it it's just like hands sweat and feet sweat and your pits yeah. and stuff from playing on video games and being on a laptop all day like exactly. it's not like a workout sweat it's just like a grosser like damp like just uncomfortable somehow eating a big box of teddy grams all in one sitting makes me sweat like that's a thing i know about myself now I mean, you did push yourself. That's a lot of Teddy Grahams. Like, it you're is. pushing yourself to your limit. They actually weren't Teddy Grahams, though. They were the organic version, which is a push that I've been making in my life because I realized that, like, yesterday I ate Sun Chips and organic Teddy Grahams because at this point last week I would have been eating, like, like potato chips that are even worse for you than Sun Chips all day, and I would have been eating real Teddy Grahams. So I was like, okay, don't just pick the one that says, like, chocolate chip the biggest pick the one that just says like oh i don't even know uh what is what is, fiber i think fiber. i think this one said like fiber really big on the box i was like sure don't know don't know why but that sounds like the one so the big chocolate chip ones i hate my life now ah <laughs> 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 uh, I, I thought that i would have been to like 10 Rockies games by now. I thought I'd be at Blake Street Tavern every other day at this point in the summer. Like, we were supposed to be just getting past the whole, uh, like, spring football. Like, spring football would have been a lot of fun, and that spring game would have been incredible. Brendan Lewis versus Tyler Lytle with, like, a potential starting job on the line. Like, the drama. The drama. But at the same time, like, that was supposed to be over 10 days ago, and now I would be moving into my offseason. 
and off season's fun when you still have like things to build off of. So work isn't all that hard, but I've moved past, like I, I, I don't have enough off season content to fill March through September. So it's still kind of work, you know, to think of things. That's been the weird thing is like, I mean, when all this went down, it was, you know, towards the end of college basketball, you had all the conference tournaments right before March madness, after March madness, after spring ball, it basically would have been our off season anyways. So like having this happen now, it impacted you and I less than, you know, the mm-hmm. guys on the Rockies beats, the people that are covering the nuggets and abs and we're expecting the playoff runs. Yeah. Drew was so, in Arizona for three weeks for, uh, for Rocky spring training. And now there's just no baseball season. Yeah. Just pulled exactly. the rug right out from under him. The problem though, which you kind of mentioned there is it's just so hard to fill that much off-season <laughs> content. Like, I can fill three to four months because I do it every year. But to do six months of off-season content, oh, God. I know. And then now, now I'm thinking, like, if football gets pushed back out of September, it could be even longer. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just, what, am, what are we going to talk about? Uh, it's just been crazy. And the worst part is there's just, like, no new storylines. Like, there is just, there's nothing that's, like, popping. Like, uh for the buffs we were supposed to hear like oh it sounds like uh like everybody's saying like brendan lewis had a great day at practice let's talk about his great day at practice here i I talked to katie i talked to carl durrell after practice and i talked to one other person they were all just saying like he was on fire and so like after like five or six of those practices where he's just like going off or we're hearing these going off you you talk about that all summer because there's like news but, but so far, it's just like nothing since the whole like Carl Durrell, Mel Tucker thing happened. Well, it's been a lot of speculation. Just people like college football is going to happen. College football is not going to happen, even though none of us actually have the answer. Exactly. But that's <laughs> based on the way I've read the news. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I don't know. But here is some here is some good news. Next week, all of the Pac-12 coaches are going to be speaking on like a I, would you call that like a national media call, like a like I a guess, conference wide, yeah. like I, technically because it's not just meant for local media. Yeah, it's not just local, but also you know you're not. I can't imagine like everyone in the South or like Big Ten is going to be locked into like what the Pac-12 coaches exactly. have to say. It would be misleading at the very least. But, uh, but yeah, but basically I get, I get to hear about 10 minutes a piece from every one of these coaches and the way the Pac-12 has structured things and spaced them out throughout next week. Um, they're all just like talking about different topics. Like one group will be talking a lot about the name image likeness. The, the group that Carl Durrell is in um, with two other coaches, they'll be talking a lot about what it's like transitioning in these circumstances with uncertainty at quarterback because they don't know who it's going to be. So at least we'll have like something fun to talk about. And uh, we actually have some, some fun takes from coaches to talk about this week because Jim Harbaugh decided to speak his mind, Um, which is always interesting whenever Harbaugh decides to give a stance on anything because (laughs) it's a little bit out there. You hear he writes an open letter with his suggestions to college football. And then like my first thought was like, wasn't uh, let's go look at the letter and see what he said. It was like, I might search his name on Twitter to see if we're flaming him or not. Like, 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 is he saying like, Oh, nobody should be allowed to eat chicken because it's a a coward's bird or something like turns out some of them were actually really interesting. Um, I'd say it was less shocking. Like I, when you sent me that, I was hoping that it would be like, 
some crazy rant from Jim Harbaugh, like something like, you know, the diet thing or something about how we're all being soft. Mm. It was pretty like common sense, straightforward. Like I support this. I don't support this. This is how we, you know, try and operate. I don't I'll, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Cause you were the one that sent it to me, but yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more just like absurdity, I guess. I was hoping for like more traditional Harbonis. I I know, but at the same time, if he had been more harbaugh the first five minutes of talking about what he had to say would have been incredible. But after that, things would have died off. There's some real substance here. I feel like we could talk about this for like three shows if we wanted to, but we don't have time. So let's just dig in. Essentially, here, here's, here's part of his opening, just so you can kind of hear where he's coming from. He says, in my opinion, we are in need of constructive, proactive discussion about the evolving issues facing intercollegiate football. In today's world, many young men and their families perceive college football as preventing them from earning a living as a professional football player. That is not an unreasonable perception given the rules currently in place. Um, kind of goes on from there, not really relevant, but that's kind of where he's coming from. A lot of focus on the student athlete and wanting to make it so that they are actually prioritizing a system where the players do value education, even if they want to play professionally. That's kind of like the big takeaway I took is Mm -hmm. so much of this system is designed around creating good college football players, creating good college football teams, not creating college graduates, not preparing these individuals for a post football life. Yeah. And, and before we get into his specific suggestions, I will say that like we joke about Jim Harbaugh being Jim Harbaugh, but the truth is he's a very successful college football coach. Who's coached in a lot of different places in a lot of different roles, um, has met so many different people and he would be one of the most informed people to write a letter like this of, college football or call or suggestions for college football i think and you know like nick saban more qualified sure he would never do this on the other hand so i I will say going into this i respect a lot of the things he has to say well like yeah i mean all jokes aside people forget they're what four or five years ago the conversation was who's the best coach in college football right now is it jim harbaugh is it urban meyer or is it nick saban and over the last Mm -hmm. five years it's kind of pivoted towards uh, Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then Urban walking away from Ohio State. That's kind of an open-ended conversation, different, different stuff we could go into there. <laughs> but but my point is, like, obviously Harbaugh has had a lot of success at the college level, um, played professionally, didn't have as much success, but he was an NFL quarterback for like a decade. So he gets yeah. the game. He's coached everywhere. This is a perspective that we should value um, but I just, it's Harbaugh. It's, you know, Harbaugh. He, it's he's Harbaugh. so easy to just like kind of take shots at. Yeah, it's true. But he has played college football. Like you said, he played 10 years in the NFL, heard what all those people had to say about their college football experiences, went into coaching, coaches, you know, a grad assistant all the way up to the top and met all those people. And at this point, again, super well-informed. Here's his proposal. Number one, the individual could choose to declare for the professional draft after any season he chooses. If he's drafted within the first 224 picks of the NFL draft or chooses to sign a free agent contract, he would forego remaining college eligibility. However, if the individual is not drafted within the first 224 picks of the draft, he would be able to return to college football if he chooses without penalty, provided he remains in academic compliance and does not receive payment from an agent. 
One quick note before I send this one over to you. He said in the top 224 picks of the NFL draft or chooses to sign a free agent contract, 224 is seven rounds times 32 picks, but they're compensatory picks too. So there's actually typically around 255 picks in the draft. Um, I think that's just an oversight. So I think he means like if you just get drafted at all, but right after I said he's credible, he botched his credibility in number one. That is an easy mistake. I mean, oh, yeah. maybe not for a Division One college coach who sends guys to the NFL every single year. You should probably know how this draft process works, you but um, probably, guess, <laughs> probably smart to bring it up that he, he was technically not accurate there. Also, it's kind of weird because why not just phrase it as if you make an NFL roster? He didn't have to <laughs> yeah. say, like, if you get drafted or sign as an undrafted. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you get to go to training camp, like... But now we're nitpicking. Now that's just like True. the journalism, the editor coming out of us. Like, you didn't have to phrase it that way. Turns out Jim Harbaugh, not the greatest writer. Uh, but let's. what about like the meat of the proposal? Do you think it's a good idea? <sighs> Look, I, I like anything that emphasizes giving these guys more of an opportunity to graduate. And this mm-hmm. is something that I actually talked about recently on the Rams pod with Brandon, uh, Brandon Goble. He works for Juco Advocate, Verbal Commits, a big college basketball thing. And that was one of the things he kept talking about is how they just need to make slight changes that actually promote education and graduating. And by doing this, you give them that opportunity. Go see if you're ready to play professionally, but you don't have to completely you know, give up your opportunity for an education in order to do so. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, moving on to like the second point of his proposal, that's where he says, um, if you leave early, then you get to complete your degree while you're in the NFL or, uh, or, uh, wow, that was phrased weird. So, so yeah, you get to, uh, get your degree in the NFL if you want to, or you can, uh, wait until after you go. But, uh, he, he outlines somewhere in here, that uh, basically, if if you're there for one year, then you get three years. I think was it? I can't find it in here. But of, yeah, of it was something like if, if you played you for years, one year, two years yeah. after. Yeah. But I think there was something weird about one year. Maybe it was only like you only get two years of tuition. You have to pay your own for something like that. But basically, you get to go back and get your education. Like you are offered that as part of it. If you ever leave, you can come back, finish your four years. Well, and we should clarify here. What he's saying is these these guys, they would be able to come back and finish their degree. They would not be able to come back and play football. You know, they would not have yeah. athletic eligibility at that point, um, especially, you know, if you hired an agent, got paid and all of that stuff. But it's basically just saying, like, even if you don't make it in the NFL, you can still come back. You can still get that degree. And you're making some of these schools actually honor their commitments to them as individuals, not athletes. Yep. And I found it in here. It is in point number two. He says, uh, if you play one year of college, you get one additional year of paid schooling. If you play two or three years, you get two more years of school paid for. If you play four years, you get one more year. Um, so essentially you get your five years or unless if you play two years, then you only get your four years. 
Um, or play one year year two years. So it's not really that. But uh, that's kind of the basis of the point. Um, he also says that this would be uh, good because it would get former student athletes reinvolved with campus. You know, some of them, I mean, I bet a lot of them would actually just do the online classes. Um, but even Definitely. then there's some interaction with the other students. And uh, if they did decide to go back to campus, then obviously there's a ton of interaction. But even if it is online and online only, like these are simple, small changes that you can make that aren't going to like greatly impact college football. They're like completely shift everything. Like I would say the, the one thing that kind of gets snuck in there is he wants to remove, uh, he wants people to be able to declare for the NFL draft after one year, which obviously you can't do now. Uh, That would be big for someone like Trevor Lawrence, who two years ago could have gone to the NFL. Yeah, or I honestly think Visca. If Visca could have gone after his point, breakout yeah. year, I think that there's a chance he would have. Um, uh, so, so yeah, that is an interesting point. And again, that would have to be an NFL change. The NFL currently says that you have to be three years out of high school. Um, and the NCAA would hate to see them cut that to two or one or just say, like, the teams can take you if they think you're good at football, which would make a lot of sense in other ways. But, uh, yeah, he, he goes on. He has some other suggestions. He says, like, a further model to consider – a clean, clear, and concise football college eligibility of five years for football without a red shirt clause needed to compete for five years. Um, also, uh, considering uh, limiting the hard cap of 25 scholarships to year, uh, uh, per year um, and just have like one total overall number. That one is probably more complicated than I'm even like qualified to talk about because when you're talking about like building your roster and how you manage those scholarships, it really does get intricate, especially mm-hmm. with red shirting and gray shirting and that whole process. I do think it's good to have some type of scholar. I like you would have to have some type of scholarship limit. Um, but it sounds like he's more just like, he wants it to be a little bit more open ended, I guess. Because it is going to get weird. Like, how do you qualify it if somebody is on scholarship, but they don't have athletic eligibility? Do you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, there would be some weirdness for sure. Um, Especially, you know, like the guys who would come back for school. You know, the schools, at least most of them could pick up that tab and say, you know what, we we have like your tuition to spend. Um, After you go to the league, you played your two years here. We have, we have to pay two more years for you to go to school. Um, Like what does that count as scholarship wise? I guess you wouldn't count him coming back, but because he left, you could use that scholarship differently. There's so many weird things. And I think the, the, the way that the accounting works with scholarships is far more complicated than I think like casual fans would understand because there are ways around that 25 rule now. Yeah. So that that, you, yeah that's what I was trying to imply. Exactly. Didn't it very eloquently get into it there, but yeah, but like you, you can s- count a grad transfer as a summer grad transfer instead of like a spring one. And sometimes like, I don't know all the specifics of like how all that accounting stuff works, but I know that there are ways around it and there are loopholes and it's just like, the that's just college sports, sports though. Ex- like exactly. college sports is, how can we, to the best of our ability, get loopholes? How can we skirt the rules just enough so that we have deniability, but still like succeed and get whatever we want? And those are the high character schools. The low character schools just say, how can we not get caught? How, yeah, but- <laughs> how, do, we, how do we do this and get away with it? Yep. 
but uh yeah i mean i like it i i like it you know it's the 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 fear of getting rid of the single year scholarship limits i mean you go all the way to one end of the spectrum you say okay we're we're giving out 60 scholarships this year in three years we're gonna have everybody or you you know what really happened is you you might get some cuts um after you know if let's just start this over alabama say you're alabama you sign just about everybody you want you could sign 60 players to scholarships for one year and then cut 40 of them, whoever you don't think is going to matter, and then sign 60 again the next year after one year, cut 40, or like however those numbers work. Yeah, out. you would definitely have to have some type of restriction in Which there they do now by saying 25 is the max. <laughs> so that's my point. Like, how do you... Oh, man. I yes. do like that Harbaugh was at least willing to come out here and just like kind of put it out there. Like, like we mm-hmm. said, you know, this isn't something that Nick Saban would do. Maybe like somebody really tight, you could get Saban to do like a video interview where he talks about something like this, mm-hmm. but to just like on his own come out and publish this. I don't know. I just, I want more college coaches out and, and being open because I just think sometimes coaches are too worried about, you know, they don't want to become an enemy of the NCAA. They don't want mm-hmm. to be like this pariah because it's this tight knit community. Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's a pariah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Harbaugh, <laughs> when you rot khaki pants seven days a week, you got to be comfortable in your own skin. And he definitely is. Ugh, yeah. Uh, no offense if you wear khaki pants. Seven days a week. Seven maybe, days a week. Maybe just like a tiny bit, but not a lot. Um, he also said that he thinks that, uh, you should continue the grad transfer rule, which says you don't have to sit out, um, but they should expand it to a one-time transfer rule so that student-athletes can transfer once without having to sit out for a year. And that's obviously been a big point of discussion mm-hmm. amongst all the sports lately, and it surprisingly didn't look like it was going to get traction to pass this year. Uh, but that is, I would be so shocked if by 2022, the one transfer rules not in place like there's just so much positive momentum for that yeah and you talked about why you like harbaugh putting all this out there i really like it too and part of the reason is you know we had this conversation about the one-time transfer rule where i think i think i said that um basically you're it's not that the ncaa really hates that particular rule and doesn't think that should happen it's that if they block that for one or two years it slows down everything else too and and with Harbaugh coming out he kind of gave us what these next steps could be what he would push for you know the 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 no need to redshirt you just get five years of eligibility most players probably aren't going to play their freshman year anyway and if they do play their freshman year then uh they uh are they there's a good chance they're going to be like going to the draft after their fourth year anyway the red shirt does seem a little outdated just given the fact that most NFL prospects aren't playing four years anyways. Like, I think the red shirt was a lot more valuable when 95% of your team was going to be there for three to four years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially like at least your core pieces you thought you were going to have for a while. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, some like you're, you would, I see, I'm not saying there's no value in a red shirt, even in modern college football, you know, especially for someone like a quarterback, like you don't want to waste a year of eligibility when you're never once going to see significant snaps. If you're like the fourth guy on the depth chart, but you're still on scholarship, something like that. Yeah. But you could, I mean, if you just had five years of eligibility, it wouldn't really matter anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and with that four game policy, it's, I mean, you look at Kellen Mond or, or no, was it Kellen Mond? Who's yeah, it was 
Kellen Mond, who no, it wasn't. Who was the quarterback? The Houston quarterback that played Houston, three games. Derek King. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Who sat out and technically could have transferred because he like kind of quit on his team after four games. He said he wanted to run it back. I think he, yeah, he's still there. But uh, you know, you you take that scenario out, and uh, it's really just an expansion of that four game thing, where you just say, you know what. It worked in a lot of ways. There is this one loophole. We can just get rid of this loophole with minimal other problems. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. I just think a lot of these changes, I mean, there are little details that they're going to have to figure out, but basically everything Harbaugh laid out in here, aside from maybe the being able to come back and finish your degree stuff, because that's a complicated conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically everything Harbaugh says in here it's probably going to happen within the next like four or five years, the one year transfer stuff. I think it wouldn't be surprising if they end up like modifying eligibility in some aspect, especially if the transfer rule passes. But to me, I think it all comes back to what you just said. It's it's all about buying time. You know, the NCAA, they're trying to figure all this out. All these changes do seem like they are going to happen. I just, it seems like they're afraid to change like too much all at once. Yeah. I don't really know why, though. Like, if you're going to make the changes anyways, maybe you're worried about losing control. I mean, if you make all the changes and then worse comes to worst and all of a sudden college football is even more top-heavy, you don't necessarily what you need to know or you don't necessarily know what you need to switch back. And so if you just go one at a time, one a year, you can kind of see, like, you, you have this control. You're not, like, putting yourself too far out there. At the same That's time, kind of smart, actually. I get. I don't. You can, I think you just changed my mind. I don't. Oh, cool! I never do that. Okay. Well, since I just won this podcast, I think uh, we're going to move on to talk about the the only beer that winners should ever drink, and that's Breckenridge beers. Um, Justin, what is? Actually, no. I want your top three Breckenridge beers. Oh man! All right. For one, I'm going nice and smooth Avalanche Ale. Classic, original, oh. pairs well with everything. Here's That's the thing. Also, I drank it for the first time when I was like 19, so I think there's a little bit of nostalgia factor mm. in there. I can now admit that because I'm over 21. Cops can't do nothing about it. Anyways. Oh, statute of um, limitations is up, according yeah, exactly. to Justin. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I don't think they have, <laughs> I wonder if they could do anything. They wouldn't have evidence other than you just said on a podcast. I got two tickets for underage drinking, so they, oh, they right. got they got their <laughs> fill worth of my money. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it's weird how much that comes up. I should probably stop. I know you. It does come up a lot, but for me, like I never got one. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Like my parents would have killed me. Something like that would have happened. And now looking back, I was like, "I was cool Talk too." About disappointment. Like man. I, I do first want one, like the badge whatever. of coolness. Yeah. Oh, you're cool, man. Yeah. The second one. <laughs> The second one, man. Talk about like the, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Oof. Oh, wow. I was in the doghouse. I felt bad. But uh, getting back on track here. Number one, Avalanche Ale. Classic, original, goes with everything. And then I'm going to pivot a little bit. I love Colorado Core. And I know it's not as popular as Strawberry Sky, Mm -hmm. but it's just like crisp. It reminds me of like when it was nicer outside, you know, pre-pandemic, all of that kind of stuff. And then does. class, oh, the third one, I can only pick three. Uh, uh, it's hard. I guess I'm going to, I 
guess I would go Strawberry Sky just because it's so unique. But I feel kind of lame doing two of the fruit beers. Yeah, you're I, wrong. I like the, and, the Mile uh, High Core one was really good too. You're wrong, and here's why. Um, Let's do it. If you, when you were underage, had had a strawberry sky sitting on a table in front of you and an avalanche sitting on the table in front of me, you, I love the avalanche, but there's no way you wouldn't have taken the strawberry sky instead. So even though like avalanche has the nostalgia, it's nostalgia because it was kind of like the best option at the time. But also it's versatility. You got to factor in like you can have avalanche ale with anything and it's going to work. You can't have like strawberry sky with just anything. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, I do think the strawberry sky compared to the Colorado core though, much, much, much more versatile. Like it's not like strawberry sky is not a versatile beer. No, I think for me, the more I just like the Colorado, I like apple more than strawberry. Like it's, I like sours a lot. I like ciders and it's with that, you know, cider mix. It's doing it for me. What's your top three though? Uh, I'd have to go strawberry sky. Number one to me, like when I think of sitting at Coors, I think of sitting at Coors with a strawberry sky. When I think of like floating down the Creek in Boulder, I think of floating down the Creek in Boulder with a strawberry sky and then like losing the can in the water and thinking like, Oh no, you really can't do that. That's like, that. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if that like kills fish or if it just looks bad, but I know it's really bad. And so then I have to like dive underneath the water and I'm usually pretty tipsy, but I, I don't know. I just have like a lot of strawberry sky memories like that. You know, it's like, I just feel like that's where it is. Avalanche is right up there, but I think I've got to go vanilla Porter junior number two, because although the avalanche is very versatile, I think that, the vanilla porter is the more unique beer. And, it definitely and is. When you have options like there is no there is no substitute for a strawberry sky. And I don't think there's much uh, there might be there's closer to a substitute for vanilla porter. And you know the avalanche is a lot better than like your basic American amber ale. I mean when we're talking about nitpicking here, I think it's gotta drop to number three. Colorado core though, that's a good one. That usually could have made the top three. Colorado Core, I just felt like didn't get the love that it deserved. Like, I felt like Colorado Core is as good as Strawberry Sky. Like, I just like those two a lot. And we hype Strawberry Sky so much. And I get it. It's great. It rules. But we got to love Core, too. We got to show, we got to spread the love a little bit. We do. And if you guys want to try any of these beers, uh, I suggest the 15 can sampler. I believe it has all four that we talk. Is the Colorado core in there? I don't think Colorado I don't think core, so. everything else though. Yeah. So you can try the rest and you can buy some Colorado core and you can do that. If you go to the Breckenridge brewery website, use the beer locator, it'll tell you where to go, or you can uh, order some fruit from the uh, farmhouse and get some beer delivered too. And, uh, that's also a great deal. Um, also want to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, incredible partner. They will keep you bald all the places that you want to be bald. They'll keep you just kind of like trimmed up wherever you want to be trimmed up. I mean, I've been told you're not supposed to use it anywhere that you need to trim, like your hair. I've also messed around my leg hair. Back to the correct length, by the way. This is actually, my leg hair is now at the length I'd anticipated it being. Roughly one month later. A little more, but, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, that finally worked and the lawnmower 3.0 incredible. You can use it like in the shower, you can use it wherever. And when you use it in the shower, it has that led light. And so you can actually see what you're doing and it's super convenient. I, I couldn't live without it. 
you know, that LED light, it is really clutch, especially for someone like me. I've got glasses. So when mm. I'm in the shower, I don't have my glasses on. Wow. Vision is sketchy as is. Manscaped is helping me out. They're making sure I don't, you know, nick somewhere that I Oof. don't want to. But the great thing with how the blade is designed, even if I did, I'd be fine. It wouldn't hurt because it was designed specifically for trimming uh, your private area, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I never uh, really know how to phrase it. But uh, your manscapes will have your balls balling. That's how I like to phrase oh, it, man. Oh, wow. That is pretty good. I need to be listening to your podcast more. That's fire. Uh, if you guys want to try Manscaped, go to manscaped.com. Uh, use the code DNVR20 because not only does that code get you 20% off, it also will get you free shipping. Uh, it's an incredible deal. What's up, y'all? Justin Michael of DNVR Rams here with your DraftKings pick of the week. Now, if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook, there's going to be a ton of futures as far as making the playoff, winning divisions, winning conferences, all of that fun stuff. Now, when you look at the Mountain West, obviously Boise State is going to come in as the heavy favorite at minus 167. Not great value uh, with those odds. Don't really love it. Boise, obviously the heavy favorite coming in. Uh, One of the picks that really, really intrigues me, though, is Wyoming at plus 1,200. There's great value there. The Pokes, although not extremely popular in the state of Colorado, should be pretty good next year. They played a ton of underclassmen last season, won eight games playing three different quarterbacks, should have more stability, really like what Craig Bull is doing up there in Laramie. Another great value pick to keep an eye on, Colorado State, currently plus 2,500 to win the Mountain West. Obviously been a long time coming for that, uh, but just given the talent that they return, Warren Jackson, Patrick O'Brien, uh, Dante Wright, they've got Marcus McElroy, a solid backfield combination uh, with Hunter and some of these other guys as well. Both of these teams, I think there's just great value in those. So that's my DraftKings pick of the week is officially Wyoming to win the Mountain West at plus 1200, but there's also great value at Colorado State if you would rather you know, bet with your heart. Cool, cool, cool. As always, shout out to our friends, our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of DNVR. Okay, uh, into this draft now, and we're going a little bit long. So we're going to maybe, maybe we just start with offense and we'll do defense next time. Ooh, I like that. We're going to draft our offenses today. Or do we want to do... Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it for sure. Uh, I think it'll get too confusing if we do random on both sides. It'll be too hard to keep track yep. of. Today, we don't have do like this. We don't have interns or like people writing all this stuff down for us. <laughs> We're not the important people. I, honestly, like if other important people need stuff, we like become those interns for them. <laughs> so yep. we're on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes uh, to resources available to help us during the shows. But you know, we're young. I think that's, I, I've been thinking about, I think that really will maybe this, you know what? We can throw all this out there publicly. I am kind of thinking that once we get back to normal and we have like a studio, it's going to be so easy just to do like one or two they're probably like for me one video show a week, which I'm pumped about. We could probably do the college pod if you're willing to make the trip to Denver on on video. That'd be sick. It'd be fun just to do stuff in studio together for like yeah continuity sake and like feeding off each other, all that fun stuff. And 
God, I just want to hang out in the bar. Like oh, we found goodness. out we're going to have a bar. We're so stoked. We it's see like all this dream. graphic oh. stuff where like everybody is just so excited that's going to happen. I go to Vegas and then I come back and it's like, actually uh, everything's shut down. Don't yeah. leave your apartment for three months. Uh, sorry. The bar is currently closed. From the moment I, uh, from the moment Brandon took us all to the bar and said, this is our bar. I, I've constantly just been thinking like, this is too good to be true. Like there's no way we have a bar. There's no way that this is actually, and then like it, it all just ran perfectly. Everything was smoothly. And Brandon was right. Like we just had a bar and then all of a sudden pulled away from us. Just like I had thought, like, there's no way that this one's actually going to work, but there it was there. Dude. And I did. had like no idea it was coming. That was the thing that made it so exciting. Like we all go down to go down to what used to be the Colfax uh, sports brew and pub i think it was Mm -hmm. something like that um i just think it's gonna be like a meeting like a normal staff meeting like we have a bst or wherever it's like why here yeah like oh yeah i did um, think it was we purchased a bar uh this one (laughs) oh yeah that was a pretty cool day um the draft bar i should clarify that 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 is true we did not um but people don't care but whatever nobody cares i don't think people care about most of what I have to say, but, uh, doesn't matter though. Cause you have the mic. Very true. All right. Um, here is the thing though. Uh, we need to decide who picks first. I'm going to have to go ahead and say the buffs get to pick first because y'all have been to less bowl games in the last decade. Okay. I was thinking the buffs should pick first because, uh, we won the Rocky mountain showdown. There we go. There that we go. Too. Okay. Uh, uh, so let's see. First pick, we're going to have to go with, uh, this is offense, right? Let's go. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll do offense only. Um, LaVisca Chenault. Just taking him off the board, right? Taking away. him off the board. Oh, and we should clarify real quick because I can't remember. So are we doing this as you were both taking buffs and Rams, yep. right? Yep. Okay. I just want to clarify. Anybody who played on the team in 2000 or since. Okay. And you're going Visca, number one. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He's, I mean, when healthy, it's kind of tough to argue against. Like you can line him up anywhere, Mm -hmm. line him up at wide receiver. I mean, quarterback. Running back a little bit. Yeah. Go wildcat. Uh huh. (laughs) We'll see. I mean, we'll see how the team shakes out. But if I'm able to land some of these offensive linemen I'm looking at, Maybe you're just pounding the rock behind him. And in theory, like again, I think I said this in the open, but the, the plan here is you got to build your best college football team possible. Like this is only about like what they were in college. And if you built this roster, which roster would be most successful in college football right now? Okay. I like it. Your All right, pick. Visca off the board. Uh, for Sorry. number one, I think I'm going to have to go receiver two just because I don't want to uh... – don't want to get left behind here. CSU's had a lot of really good wide receivers, so if you're only picking one, it's kind of tough. But I'm going with my man, Michael Gallup, superstar wide receiver, while with the Rams, now on the Dallas Cowboys. I just like the versatility that he brings. He's a huh. grinder, phenomenal athlete. I'm going with my guy, MG13. Why him over, say, Warren Jackson? Yeah, um... I'm I'm kind of leaning away from the the current players a little bit 
just because okay. I don't want people's like feelings to get hurt. Like, you know, like, ah. why'd you pick me over him? Um, or <laughs> the, the vice versa. I've said many times that I think Warren Jackson, when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. going to be the best of these CSU receivers at the next level, just because his size, his length, his catch radius, all these things. I really think he's going to be kind of like a beefier AJ green, but um, Michael's just, there wasn't anything he couldn't do. Like he ran great routes. He catches anything. He's not like the biggest or strongest guy when you look at him from, you know, afar, but deceptively, like you couldn't, you couldn't force him off the ball or anything like that. Really good at creating separation. And he's just like a, he's a favorite, you know, people are going to buy his jerseys. They're going to rally around him. If I'm going early, it's kind of like Visco. Like I want somebody that I know the, the people are going to get behind. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, is this a snake draft is another question. <laughs> I guess whatever. Yep. You go ahead. Tomorrow will be a snake draft too. And you get first pick. Ooh. All right. There we go. If we're moving on then. Or not tomorrow, next week. Next week, whatever. Time's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> I, would, I, I would have gone defense if we were doing both here. Mm-hmm. But since we're only doing offense, do you, you kind of got to go quarterback, I think, unless you're going to build the offensive line. And so now the question becomes, do I want to take a CSU quarterback or do I want to take a Buffs quarterback just to shake things up, just to really make it weird? But uh, since we're going back to 2000, I got to go Bradley Van Pelt. I, he's the swag. <laughs> he's the, he is, you know, when you think CSU football, you think BVP, you think the head spike, you think the glory days under Sonny. I think if I don't take him, there might be a small riot in Fort Collins. Okay. I, I got to go BVP. All right. Um, and by the way, we're, we're building 11 man offense and 11 man defense and, uh, like whatever you want. Like if you want your defense to be a three, four, it's a three, four. If it's four, three, it's a four, three. If you want to just go nickel or dime, that's all on you. That's also fine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, offense, you know, different personnel groupings. Just want to throw that out there as well. We aren't strict with positions. Um, uh, see, and this is a pick that I could get flamed for, for a strange reason. I think, um, you know what? We're going to go Weston Richburg here. We're going to yes. go Weston Rich. No. Dude, that's a great pick, though. Oh, okay. No, I, okay. Just, I, I like that you were willing. You went a Ram in round two. Yep. Buffs fans, they're not going to like it. But oh, that's fair. That's fair. Weston Richburg, if we're, if we're being honest, one of the top two or three offensive linemen to come out of CU or CSU in the last two decades. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why I'm going to take him right here. Now the problem for me is going to be, I don't know oh, that many centers. So. It's a snake draft. Oh, yeah, you got another point. Oh, okay. We are going, uh, wow. This one I could actually get flamed for. Um, we're going to go Nate Solder. Doubling up on offensive line here. Oof. And I wasn't sure. I know, I know. I was like Solder or Bakhtiari. Because Just I casually I, take the best offensive lineman from CSU and CU. Yeah. Did I? Because that's what I was hoping. Because I don't know in terms of college whether Bakhtiari or Solder was it was better. Because I wasn't like... In a, my mind, I think Solder. Um, it's yeah. also with the interior stuff, it's kind of hard too. Because, you know, a lot of that stuff is not the stuff that jumps out on film. Like if you're a tackle True. getting torched by a defensive end, it really jumps out. Because mm-hmm. you got beat and you got sacked. 
Yep. And I was like, sold her first round pick, Bakhtiari fourth round pick, Bakhtiari the better pro. But I assume the draft status means that the edge would go to Solder. I'm actually curious from Buffs fans, who was the better buff? We'll have to do some type of polling. We will. Um, all right. Well, so now I've got BVP and Michael Gallup. I've got nobody to protect them. I also don't have a running back. <laughs> I guess... If we're going college, I'm going to go with Ty Sambrilo. Uh Ended up being a second-round pick, and I know this is controversial because his NFL career didn't exactly pan out. Not denying any of that, uh, not making excuses, any of that. That's not even the debate. But at the college level, Ty was great. He started games at tackle, guard, and center throughout his career, so he's really versatile. Can move him around if I have to. Got to go Ty Sambrilo. Wow. Yep. It's your now, pick again, too. Just to screw you, I'm going on the inside and I'm taking back Tiari because I've got to build my offensive <sighs> line and you already took the two studs. Yep. So balls in your court. Yep. We were, uh, we were going to uh, be taking him next. <laughs> um, uh, see, now I'm kind of out of plans here. Um, how weird am I going to get? Not that weird yet. Um, gotta go Ryan Miller now. Really, yep. really locking down that O line. Yeah, yeah. And I had a plan when I th- when I had Bakhtiari too. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a stacked line, but I do not have Bakhtiari now, and that changes some things. Um, so we're gonna take him, and we will also take. <sighs> wow, this is actually really hard. Um. Cause it goes way back. I mean, I think I'm going to go Daniel Graham. Oh man. That's a name I have not thought about in forever. Yeah. 2002. He was drafted. So he had a couple of really nice professional career. I mean, I, Oh yeah. He's one of those guys where as somebody that was born in 95, I don't really remember much of it. I mean, I remember him being a buff. I don't really remember, you know, how good he was in his college days. But going off of what he did in the NFL, I mean, he's versatile. He can block. He can catch. It's a great pick. I can tell you that uh, 62-36, he went off. Um, then that's the only game of his I've seen, and that's enough for me because he was awesome. Also, he's one of the few people I've met because of this job who uh, I've been like, oh, wow, that's, that's Daniel Graham. He was like that. Uh, Bill Walton was like that. I was like, oh, wow, this is Bill Walton. But uh, I think it's your pick. I think it is my pick. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to secure the other side of my offensive line, and I'm going to go with Eric Pierce, offensive tackle mm. at a CSU. Uh, played, I'd say, close to a decade, maybe not quite that, with the Bills. Um, widely viewed as probably one of the, you know, if you were doing an all-time offensive line for CSU, he would be one of the starting tackles. Uh, his brother Morgan is also in that conversation, and probably Ty Sambrilo, so... I, I take two of the top three tackles of all time, really locking down that offensive line. And now to really, really throw a wrench in things with my next pick, I'm going wide receiver, Jeremy Bloom. Now I want to use him <laughs> all over the field. I'm going to use him as a punt returner. I'm going to use him in the slot and I'm going to use him more importantly to break the hearts of CU fans that wanted him on their team. 
All right. And with that, we're going to take a quick pause to talk about the World Golf Tour, an incredible app, uh, one that you guys should all download through uh, dnvrgolf.com because we've been playing those tournaments. There's a tournament every Sunday. It gets posted like 8 o'clock on Saturday, ends 8 o'clock Sunday. This week, it was the best of par fours. So just like the nine best par fours in the game. Um, the courses from St. Andrews, Pebble Beach, just all over the place. Uh, so much fun. Um, I lost by quite a bit. I was like 11 strokes back. Uh, how'd you do, Justin? I didn't get to play in this tournament this past oh. weekend. I've been practicing a lot of my short game, man. Talk about rough. I am so mm -hmm. awful at putting. I just, yep. I cannot get it. And I'm a little worried because, you know, some of these guys, Adam Mares, uh, Harrison, they're up here putting up massive numbers. I think Harrison actually won the tournament. Um, so... I got I to gotta work on my short game. That's all I'm saying. I got to put in the hours because right now I'm embarrassing the company. Yep. And that's what happened to me. Also, I got called for two uh, penalties because I took too long lining up putts. So uh, keep an eye out for that too. Yeah. WGT is dope. Hopefully you guys are playing with us. Uh, back in now to this draft though, my pick. Um, I'm really throwing wrenches here. With this next pick, we're going to go... We're going to go Lawrence Vickers. Ooh. Uh-huh. And That's I know. Pick. I, I, I know because these offensive lines, there's been a lot of offensive line talent coming out of uh, the state. Let's buy in. Throw Daniel Graham out there. Throw Visca out there. Throw uh, my next pick, Phil Lindsay out there. Uh, so you're going two-back system. Yeah. Yeah, two backs with Visca receiver. You can flex them in if you want. Okay. You had an interesting team. That'd be really, like, you'd be really lethal out of, like, play action and stuff. Just thinking about, like, hitting Graham in the flat. You can do a lot of stuff off of that mm -hmm. with Visca. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. Good pick. Good pick. I'm keeping me on my toes. Uh-huh. Now I'm torn because I'm trying to decide, am I going to spread you out? Do I want to? There's still a lot of really good receivers on the board. Some pretty decent tight ends. Ah. <sighs> I'm so torn. I could finish my offensive line. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to rep. I'm going to rep old school a little bit, and I'm going to go with David Anderson. David Anderson was a wide receiver at CSU uh, early 2000s, played with BVP. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he was probably as good as some of the receivers CSU has had in the last couple of years in terms of uh, general athleticism. But he was just a stud. He was one of those dudes. I think he caught like close to 100 passes his senior year. So ended up playing with the Texans. Really, really good route runner. Just a great Ram. Um, if we're going like a guy that's just a college football player, that's David Anderson. You know what I mean? Like he's not, not going to be flashy. He's not going to make millions. But he's going to make plays and he's going to rep well. And I don't got to worry about him getting in trouble. So I'm going with him. I got Anderson, Gallup, and Bloom. I got a pretty mm -hmm. dangerous set of receivers right now. You do. You really do. <sighs> yeah, and see, now I'm in kind of a tough spot. Because in hindsight, I really shouldn't have taken Phil. Because if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I was happy with Phil. I was happy with Capri Bibbs. I was happy with Chris Brown. And I don't know why I took Phil there. But uh, let's see. See, well, now I have a bunch of receivers that don't fit my quarterback. So <laughs> <laughs> I should have took Grayson if I was going to spread everybody out and, and go with, like, this spread-type offense. But yeah, whatever. I, I wanted to go with the more, like, fun college football team than necessarily, like, 
trying to win the best actual <laughs> yeah. team i can think of uh this time uh this is the one pick that I have to say, like, I don't know much about, but I do know that Andre Garod was a second round pick, early second round pick for the Buffs in 2002. I can't say that I know a lot about him, but I can say that I can't ignore him. And uh, so there's another offensive lineman. Let's see. So who do I have now? Now I have uh, Richburg, I have Solder, I have Garod. I think then, those are your three linemen. Yep. And I think that's it. Uh, because we each have three right now. Yep. And so then I'm going to have to grab... Uh, <sighs> Ryan Miller? Did you already take him? No, I'm thinking I did take him. Now that, now that I've, I'm seeing his name again. Yeah, I do think I have him. Yeah, you so I have. So, so I have Miller on the line. Did not write this down. Uh, Solder, Richburg, and I have Garode. Um there we go. So there's four. I should probably address receiver now at the second pick. And see, this is where it gets tough because I honestly, again, I, I don't know a whole lot about like DJ Hackett, for example, and whether he would be the pick. Um, a lot of good Rams receivers. I, that's all I'm saying. I know. And so that's where I'm thinking I'm going to have to go. Uh, Instead, we're going to go Paul Richardson. You got to get some speed in that offense. You got to get some speed in that offense. Uh, Overrated. Nah. Nah. Still in the league. Torched the Rams a couple of times, though. So for the sake of this, it's probably a good pick. Um, Shoot. All right. Well, I am going to finish shoring up my offensive line a little bit. I'm going to take guard. Um. Oh my god, I'm drawing a I like was about to say, you know, like when you're like about to say it and then it like just completely goes out. It turns of your head. out the words aren't there. Uh, yeah. Shelly Smith, sorry. Was mm. a I think a fourth round pick. Um pl- had played with the Texans for a while, was a starter, actually came to Denver, I think, briefly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's gonna be my other guard right now. And then I think I gotta go to the backfield after that. I think I gotta add a running back. And this is tough because, like you said, you know, you could go Chris Brown, Capri Bibbs, Cecil Sapp, Kyle Bell. I mean, there have been a lot of really good – and you took Phil. I would have loved to have Phil. I'm going to go Capri Bibbs. I don't know how you don't take him. I know we only had the one year, but, I mean, like 30 touchdowns, so pretty tough to argue against that. And I just love that he has a little bit of swag. You know, he's a rapper now making music. I just like it. Yeah. Yeah. My offense would be awful, man. This team does not make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about mine. I'm going to run the triple option with BVP and Bibbs and you're like, good luck. <laughs> and then I'm just going to like dump off screens to Gallup and Anderson, uh, I guess. Let's see. I've got two picks left. I've got to close off this offensive line. Um and then obviously grab a quarterback. So it didn't hurt you at all by not taking one though. I should have waited me taking a quarterback early, put me in a box. That's why. And again, I shouldn't have taken a running back as early as I did because unless you're taking like three running backs and running some weird thing, like I will have my pick and that's why I was able to hold off on quarterback. But uh, yeah, in terms of offensive linemen, here's, here's the thought process. I'm tempted to take Arlington Hambright um, because I would be having him play guard. And I think that if he was a seventh round pick, 
now, if you move him into guard, like he's actually better there. When you look at a lot of the talent that's come out of Colorado, more tackles than guards. And I know Arlington can make the switch. Um, but also like guys like uh, Wayne Lucier was a seventh round pick who I don't know much about and played center. Um, like, and I can't, sorry guys, I didn't go back and watch film on all these guys to see who I really wanted. Um, where I'm going to end up going though, there's so many just like six, seventh round guys right here that are tempting me. Um, how about, you know what? Let's just pull the trigger on Arlington Hambright. Let's do it. Right. And then quarterback, we're going to go Cepho over Clat. Cepho just because, you know, running quarterback, I feel like he can oh, fit man. with that powerful know. scheme. Cepho oh. is a great college football player. Mm-hmm. So if the question is, do I want <laughs> Clat's a better quarterback? Like yep. I'm just between the two. Well, I, I see. I see what you're going for. I guess is the point. I'm like, I get it. He was a great buff. He's tough. He'd be a good locker room guy. And it's good to just like kind of rep some of these dudes that rep the programs during some down times. Like that's kind of why I took David Anderson a little bit. Like people forget about oh. him a little bit because he was at the end of the Sunny Lubick era. And those Ram teams obviously weren't as dominant, so they just don't get appreciated. So maybe it's good we show love for some of those guys. Um, I got to take yeah. a center because you took Richburg, <laughs> and like he was probably going to be my first round pick. Um, so <laughs> the other best center in Rams history is Mike Newell. He is not eligible because he was on the team in the late 90s. So I guess I'm going Jake Bennett. Um, there's probably a buff center that's like in the NFL and I could take, but Jake was, a, it's, it's the same thing. Great college football player, really mean, really nasty. Like one of those uh, dudes that's going to go and tell the whistle and then probably an extra two or three seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up with him. We went to school together. Good friend of mine. I'd feel kind of bad if I left him off the team. <laughs> there you go. Especially since you took Rich Rick. If, if I could have gotten away with, well, sorry, bro, man. Like, it's Weston. What do you want me to do? Yeah. He's like, what the uh, hell, man? And yeah. so I guess I have one last roster spot. and I need a tight end. And got to go Joel Dreesen. Nice yep. and simple. Uh, Trey McBride, currently CSU's tight end. I would probably take over him because I think... Trey is going to be a stud, man. Talk about NFL guys. But uh, Dreesen, man, great Ram, won a Super Bowl. Got to love it. Yeah. No, no, wait. He was, he, was not on, was he, he was not on the active roster, but he was on the team, I think, still. I'm trying okay. to remember back to that 2015. But regardless, great tight end, great blocker, great receiver. Awesome uh, stereotypical tight end tattoos, like barbed wire type crap. Oh, there you go. You know he's good then. Exactly. Like, I want my tight end to have, like, a barbed wire tattoo and wear a bandana under the helmet. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Finishing it up, just to run through, let's see. My team, uh, dope offensive line. You got Chenault and Paul Richardson outside. You've got... Cepho at quarterback. You've got Daniel Graham at tight end. I took Lawrence Vickers early, mostly because I felt like he was the only fullback worth drafting, and I knew I wanted a fullback. Um, because Phil plays well with a fullback in front of him. And the reason it was Phil over a guy like Chris Brown, for example, um, is that I know that Phil runs well behind a fullback, and when you open holes, he takes advantage for him. 
and I'm sure that uh, Chris Brown could do that too, but I've only seen two of his games. And so I can't say for sure. I'm just locked in confident that Phil fits that offense perfectly. Need a just speed. I don't know. I feel good about it. how you feel about yours. My offense, I would say I have a lot of talent. I don't have an identity and mm. that would worry me because, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, like I have receivers that would fit well to like kind of spread it out but I don't really have the quarterback to get it to them Mm -hmm. in BVP who is kind of inconsistent from an accuracy standpoint. I think I'd be tough. What I've noticed here is that between these two schools, a lot of offensive line talent. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I really wanted to load up. Like I, I I thought Solder, if I can get Solder, Bakhtiari, Richburg, then I am good to go the rest of the way. Like then you can draft a Vickers and you're just going to blow everything open. Like a Daniel Graham is just perfect. A Visca is a perfect fit, but, uh, and, and it would really set up well for all the running back talent that there really has been in Colorado as well. Another good point. This was fun. I'm going to have to, for, for defense, I'm going to put a a little bit more uh, game plan into it in terms of like how I'm going to approach the draft. I knew like the players I wanted I just didn't like go about it in a very strategic way from the draft standpoint. Mm-hmm. I got to be thinking like, what's Henry thinking next time? I got to, yep. I got to play the game a little bit better. Yep. You could have had a uh, Bradley Van Pelt with your last pick if you wanted to. That's exactly like I, I taking a quarterback early was a mistake. Um, probably could have waited on some of those other offensive linemen too, but there was a run. Took- there was Once a you, yeah, I think we took like six linemen in a square of, you know, five minutes. Mm-hmm. But and if you hadn't taken them, I would have taken them. I will tell exactly. you that right now. All right. That's going to do it for today. We will be back next week to draft defenses. Talk about, I mean, other I don't stuff. Know, Justin, news. if you want to jump in and listen to some of these uh, Pac-12 press conferences, feel free and maybe we'll learn something there. Yeah, I think I'm going to just because I'm curious. Like, there's just some interesting coaches in there like Herm Edwards, yeah, uh, Nick Rolovich is a lot of fun at Washington exactly. State. It's a weird conference. The Mountain West and the Pac-12 are both just like two weird conferences, but mm-hmm. I'm about it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back next week. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, we'll see you then. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice The water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly